This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody who has been in Hurricane Ian's wrath. We have seen in the last few days just the destruction of Mother Nature. And the great news is tonight, Hurricane Ian has been downgraded to a post-tropical cyclone. Uh, that's after hitting South Carolina a few hours ago. And we are getting some now death toll numbers, sadly, from the state of Florida, uh, hearing that at least 45 people have died in the state of Florida. That number is expected to get a lot bigger. And as we get developments tonight, we will definitely keep you posted. Some of the destruction in the last few hours that we have seen, particularly of Fort Myers, Fort Myers, the beach area, an official there basically saying 90 percent of Fort Myers is gone. That's according to local officials in Fort Myers, Florida. And if you see the before and after pictures, it is stunning and it is heartbreaking. And the good news is now some rescue crews are able to get into some of those locations to start the rescue efforts and to start the cleanup. And it is going to be a long one. There are some numbers that are out there that they're estimating that the damage from Hurricane Ian is somewhere around 45 to $47 billion worth of damage. That is just an enormous amount. Of course, no price can pay for the loss of life and just the heartache that all of these residents up and down that portion of the United States have had to endure. So as soon as we get any updates on that, we will give it to you. Uh, but the good news is in the last few hours, Hurricane Ian downgraded to a post-tropical cyclone after striking land yet a second time, of course, Florida the first, South Carolina the second, and a lot of wet weather now headed like into Virginia and then up and down uh, the northeast and expected to hit the northeast, much of it uh, through this weekend. So we're going to keep you posted on all of that, everybody. And meantime, a fury of a different kind, and that is over crime. Uh, there is so much outrage Tonight, And I get more and more angry as I hear so many details about what happened when this EMT worker was killed, this beloved EMT worker who was an FDNY dedicated professional, had been there for more than 24 years, uh, close to 25 years on the job of the FDNY, was working at an EMS station in Queens, New York, goes to grab a bite, and she gets stabbed to death by this guy. This is an unbelievable story. And to me, it also just epitomizes 
how lawless New York and so many cities across this country have become. I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to what needs to be done, because there are so many issues that arise from this horrible case that, of course, reminds everybody it wasn't that long ago that a woman was beaten severely in a Queens subway station after she got off the subway train and ignored the crazy guy who was on the train next to her, and then he beats her. Uh, she's headed to work. It's 5 in the morning, and she may not be able to see again. She may lose an eye. I mean, this is serious stuff. So here it is again that we're hearing of yet another case. This woman, a beloved EMT worker, Lieutenant Allison Russo-Elling, 61 years old, a mom, also a daughter, and beloved at the FDNY. And now we're getting word that this guy was clearly a loony kazoonie. I mean, we heard that last night that he had had some mental issues, but now people in the neighborhood are coming out and saying, yeah, he used to just kind of walk around like a zombie. Um, they definitely seemed like a weird guy. So did they report him? I, what's the background? You just let loony kazuni people walk around the area, and apparently he lived very close to where the stabbing occurred. And a lot of people said, yeah, we used to see him all the time. So... Do you think he just suddenly snapped? Highly unlikely. He clearly had some wild tendencies before and clearly was a bit of a loony guy. People in the community were saying, yeah, they saw him just kind of walking around like he was sort of out of touch and just kind of walking aimlessly and just didn't seem with it and clearly had a whole bunch of mental issues. So what was the community doing? What was his family doing? There are so many questions tonight, and I want to hear your thoughts As to who is to blame, obviously he's to blame, but what did he fall through the cracks because our system is just so, you know, out of whack on so many levels. There are so many layers to the story that we're finding that just get me angry and heartbroken and furious. And it reminds you of just this lawlessness, this wild west that is happening in New York City, but also in so many cities across our great country tonight. So what's the reaction? Because, you know, we're hearing that, you know, Governor Kathy Hochul is going to lower the flag. She lowered the flags, you know, which is appropriate, of course, at half staff. Um, absolutely the appropriate things to do. But I want to see action. I don't want to just see a flag lowered and then they forget about this. What can be done to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Because there are so many of these people that have clearly mental issues. Clearly they have problems. But guess what? Isn't it time that they should be behind bars and not just aimlessly walking the streets about to snap at any given moment, as they did in this case? We're hearing this was an unprovoked attack. She went to go get food, and suddenly this guy out of nowhere stabs her to death. I mean, this is outrageous. So what needs to happen to fix this system so we don't have any more of these crazy people aimlessly roaming the streets, but also... Getting out of the justice system. We don't know what's in this guy's background yet. I'll be curious to see. Did he have any priors? What do we know about him? We do know that he was clearly a loony kazoonie because people said, oh, yeah, right away. This guy was nuts. We used to see him walking around. Again, the description was he was walking around like a zombie all the time and apparently lived in the neighborhood. So he was a known guy. So don't you think communities need to speak up? Don't you think the family members of this guy, did he live by himself? Did he live with other people? There are so many unanswered questions tonight. 
And yet this woman is dead because some crazy guy just came over to her on the street in the broad daylight and stabs her to death. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Here is NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell talking about this brutal, vicious murder. Take a listen. This deadly, senseless, broad daylight attack on a uniformed EMT member is a direct assault on our society. And then there was a case just recently in the last day or so where a cop car had somebody come over and, like, bash the window open. So were they targeting? Was this guy targeting law enforcement? Did she just happen to be there? What is the case? This sort of heightening of attacks on law enforcement and people in uniform clearly is happening across this country. And this has to stop. We have to back our EMTs. We have to back our men and women in blue. we got to back our heroes. And as we're talking about what's going on in the hurricane there in Florida, think about how many EMTs are saving countless lives right now in Florida. And think about how many EMTs from New York and around the country have gone down there to Florida, now soon to be en route to South Carolina and Georgia and elsewhere. These folks are heroes. And yet this woman was killed on the job. She's just going for a quick break to get a sandwich. And some loony kazuni targets her. And these people need to be appreciated. And this needs to come out right now where politicians can't sit there and, like, dance around and go, oh, 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 oh. You know, yeah, we should support them. And then they talk about defunding the next minute or don't do anything to really back them. They need to say, this needs to stop. There needs to be no attack on a law-abiding citizen. And guess what? If you attack somebody who's a law enforcement or an emergency personnel, I think it should be an even greater punishment because we got to have their backs. They have ours. We have to have theirs. And politicians need to start speaking up and can't be sitting there mamsy-pamsy with these little words, a whole bunch of speeches. Speeches are not going to help. Major cities across this country are degrading like there's no tomorrow. And we've got politicians who are just giving these long soliloquies and giving no action to change it. What are they going to do to make sure that this never, ever happens again? I'd love to hear from you, too, is what you think could fix this crisis. Anyway, here is this is a worker at the deli where the lieutenant was right before she was killed. Take a listen. The poor woman, she came in here earlier that day and, you know, we made her breakfast and everything. And then next thing you know, I'm like reading the news about a 61 year old EMT lieutenant that's been stabbed and. I'm like, are you kidding me? And this is the guy at the deli also. He said, yeah, the attacker sure looked familiar. He recognized him. I've seen the guy like almost every day for the four years I've been working here. Um, he just walks up and down the block like he's never spoken to anybody. I've never seen him talk to anybody. He barely even like looks at anybody. He's- All right. So here's the guy walking like a loony kazoony. Uh, clearly doesn't talk to anybody. Doesn't like just kind of staring into space. We've heard that account from numerous people. What was going on? Why was this guy walking free and not getting help also? Help for himself and certainly help for the rest of society. Clearly the guy was some loony guy who used to just kind of hang out in the area, would go, they would go to that deli or they'd see him walking by every day. So what did people in the community do? Were people aware of this guy looking out for him, watching him? Was law enforcement alerted to him? What did his family do? 
Family, I'm telling you, parents and family and all these other people got to step up. I realize he's of adult age, but you have to wonder, was he taking care of himself? Did a relative visit him recently and say, boy, my brother or my so-and-so is troubled and didn't do anything? Isn't it time that people speak up? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line five. Norm, your thoughts about this. It gets me so upset because this woman was amazing. Well, it's, you know, dangerous times in New York these days. And I don't think anything's going to change until we make a change this November 8th for governor. Because it is clear after all this time, Kathy Hochul is not going to remove Alvin Bragg, and uh, or any of the these liberal Soros-sponsored DAs. So, you know, I uh, we're going to just see more and more of this stuff. We have that's why November eighth is very, very crucial. Well, and, Norm, uh, Norm, did you see one of the new polls? And granted, polls change all over the place. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of the polls had uh, Trump losing in twenty sixteen, so you can't always believe mm-hmm. a poll. Uh, but there was a Siena poll, right, a Siena College poll that recently showed that Hochul was 17 points ahead of Lee Zeldin. And, he, and on the issue of crime, on another poll, they were basically even. I'm thinking even, you know, like, uh, I mean, even on crime? Are you kidding me? Norm, who's the other people that are saying, uh, yeah, she's doing a good job on that? Uh, I, I don't know of any, um, but, you know, we, we, we do have uh, a majority of Democrats in, in this city and state. So, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm hoping I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Selden can pull it out, because if he doesn't, uh, it's it's not going to change. And the thing is, particularly in this city, Mayor Adams uh, he is not going to change because that's the whole mindset of, you know, uh, 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 you know, they're lax on crime. That's the whole mindset of the uh, of the Democratic Party. It, it would take somebody like Ali uh, Zeldin to maybe get Adams to do to 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 to, to stir to action. And, you know, and, and not be so focused on going on on vacations to the Caribbean and, uh, you know, partying every night. So, you well, know, and, and by the way, Alvin Bragg, the issue of Alvin Bragg. Yes, Adams doesn't oversee Bragg, but he can certainly have some influence, you know, and, and it does take the whole cycle. You know, whether it's, you know, fixing, obviously, you've got this completely soft on crime, Alvin Bragg, who it's just it befuddles me that he's in his position at a time like this in New York City. And I say the same thing about Gascon in L.A., uh, Krasner, by the way, in Philly. Uh, there's a chance that he may get impeached. We know that Chesa Boudin got the boot in San Francisco, so that was hopeful. At least that was, you know, people of San Francisco saying, hey, let's give him the boot. Um, but there's a lot of parts to this, as you bring up. And until people say, we will tolerate it no more, uh, will the cycle change? You know, because unless somebody breaks the cycle and starts saying we got to get tough um, and we got to think of the society at large. Listen, I feel bad for people who have clearly mental issues and have health problems. Uh, you got to be nuts if you're going to go over and stab somebody, whether it's, you know, on the street or shoot somebody on a train or do any of these things. But at certain point, you have to say, what is the best for society? What is the best thing for society's safety that has to override Anything else. And right now, that's a huge issue. 
Norm, thanks. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. By Rush, it is a Friday night, and you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. And sadly, things are so bad in many parts of New York City and many parts of America and many of our beloved big cities. Uh, case in point, this horrible case of an EMT who was a decades-long FDNY worker. She survived helping at the World Trade Center after 9-11. And so many accommodation, uh, you know, credits and awards through the years, beloved by her coworkers, and murdered suddenly by a crazy guy who came over and stabbed her to death in broad daylight in Queens, New York, yesterday. It is heartbreaking. And this is the way a local resident there sort of describes the scene. Now anything can happen at any given moment. No fear at all. It's like the Wild Wild West right now. Wow, the wild, wild west. That's probably a pretty apt description. And sadly, that I think in much part is to very much soft on crime policies by many individuals. And that needs to change uh, in honor of this woman and to make sure that this never happens again. 1-800-848-9222. Um, let's go to George. Line one. George, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, I'm going to talk quick in case I got cut off reception, but I just got to say that issue now we have is politicians are the global politicians. They're worried about problems all over the world, all over the country. You're, if you're the mayor of New York, worry about New York and its citizens. If you're a congressman for New York, worry about New York and their citizens. Stop worrying about all these issues everywhere and spending money and time and attention everywhere when the local citizens are, are going through these issues. No, that's a great point. You're right. Nothing is more important than our communities, and that is first and foremost. And that's what they should be focused on, cleaning up. And it's pretty obvious, too. In fact, after the break, I'm going to tell you what some progressive politicians uh, put out. There was a message two days before this maniac uh, stabbed to death the EMT worker, uh, some defund the police people put out a safety message that's going to blow your mind that definitely wasn't safety oriented. We're going to talk about that after the break because there are ways to change it and you have to care about your community and you got to get tough. Um, those are great points. Let's go to Jacqueline. Jacqueline, line five. Go ahead, Jack. Your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, well, a couple of things, two things, actually. Uh, the primary reason I had called was, as you had mentioned a moment ago, that you can't always go by polls. And these particular polls that you referenced are notorious for providing inaccurate statistical information. I get most of my news not only from WABC, but... Um, well, that, by the way, already, Jacqueline, now I know you're a very smart woman. If you're listening to WABC, you are brilliant, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition to WABC, I also get my news. I watch the uh, Christian and Catholic news channels. Beautiful. Uh, and I get my news from them because I find they're more accurate. They're, they have less uh, of an act acts to grind, uh, and I don't get my news from the mainstream media. 
Um, as far as the, the comment uh, that the police commissioner made with regard to this poor woman, my heart goes out to her family, terrible, tragic situation. My only point that I have, my only disagreement, why did the police commissioner only come out to reference how horrendous this particular murder was because she happened to be a member of the uniform first responders what about all of the other people have been killed she has been silent and she has been missing and she i i really admired her for the way she spoke at the funeral of those two young uh, rookie officers that were murdered in that um home uh situation with that domestic violence situation absolutely by the way you're right she was great there i will say she has been more critical of albany than mayor eric adams has by the way so i'll give her credit for that and she has spoken out on others but you're right every death should be important this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents... Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement. And in just a few moments, we're going to talk a little bit more, of course, about the terrible death of Lieutenant Allison Russo-Elling, of course, the FDNY veteran, uh, as we've been talking about, just that horrible case where she was stabbed to death in broad daylight uh, we're going to continue talking about that in a moment. Uh, meantime, amid the destruction of Hurricane Ian, police rescue family, a beautiful family, when a fallen tree trapped them inside their Florida home. This happened in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And this is amid the scope of the massive destruction that was wrought by one of the most powerful hurricanes ever to hit the United States, Hurricane Ian. A family in Florida got some much-needed help getting out of their home after the hurricane hit there Thursday morning. Now, officers with the Port St. Lucie Police Department responded to a call from the family whose home was completely shuttered up and without power. Then on top of that, a large tree had blown over, blocked their garage and front door, completely trapping them inside. So three determined officers worked hard to cut and remove the massive tree, and they were finally able to free the family. Inside were parents, also two young kids, a three-year-old and a four-year-old, who were said to have done okay despite the very scary situation. They and their parents were all smiles and very thankful to the officers that freed them. And what a beautiful story about the great work that our law enforcement is doing now 24-7, as you can imagine, up and down uh, the southeast coast um, with so much that's been happening, of course, as we've been seeing with Hurricane Ian. Well, we, of course, are talking about this horrible, horrible, brutal death of a 61-year-old FDNY EMT worker, a veteran of the Fire Department of New York, Lieutenant Allison Russo-Elling, 61 years old, who suddenly was stabbed to death 
uh, while she was just going for a bite in the middle of the day yesterday in Queens, New York. And today we heard from a lot of her colleagues who were just absolutely brokenhearted at this terrible, terrible attack on one of their own. This event has cut deep into our souls and has rippled to the first responder communities across the nation. And you can imagine the loss of Ellen's daughter, who also spoke about her incredible mother. Keep my mother in your thoughts. Pray for my family and remember her for the hero that she was. Absolutely. And we certainly, certainly will. And now, by the way, tonight, this is really stunning. We're learning that two days before this crazy guy stabbed to death, uh, Lieutenant Russo Elling, right? He hid the grandmother and mother, as we've heard, and beloved colleague, uh, that these defund the police council members in New York City, of which there's quite a few of them, that at least two of them released, quote, a public safety guide discouraging merchants from calling the cops. This is incredible. At a time where crime is skyrocketing, we talked about the beatdown that happened, sadly, of that woman. Another case uh, that took place in a subway station. Crime is escalating all over the place. And yet here in this area where there is skyrocketing crime, violent crime skyrocketing, at least two Democratic council members put out this guide, which basically urges small business owners to dial 311, not 911, 311, to seek mental health services for people with mental illnesses, like this guy who stabbed this woman to death. And basically, the goal is to engage in community mediation instead of calling 911 to get the cops there when there's trouble in a lot of cases. It advises the merchants to, quote, give the person causing harm the chance to correct their behavior before seeking intervention, as if that would help a crazed madman like this guy who was walking around like a zombie. Do you think somebody's saying, "Uh, hey, buddy, you need help, or some of their advice in the guide is say no or stop or that is not okay? What are you supposed to say that as the guy is trying to stab you? I mean, this is insane. This is so insane. And these people with their crazy defund the police policies saying, don't call 911, call 311, get the person help. Well, they should have called 311 the minute they saw this loony kazoony because he was walking around like a zombie. But when somebody has gotten to the point where they are so emotionally disturbed and so violent and so crazy, I don't think saying, hey, could you stop? That's not a nice thing to do. You actually think that that's going to stop them? Right, please, please don't stab me. Are you kidding me? I mean, no wonder these people are on, like, planet Mars. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Michael uh, in New Jersey on line one. Michael, your thoughts? Well, uh, this is my thoughts. It must be said, the majority of these crime victims in New York City, I just got to say one thing. If you are a voting Democrat and you end up being a crime victim, you know what? You really, unfortunately, got what you voted for. And to the parents of this unfortunate EMT, I mean, to the family members of this unfortunate EMT uh, um, uh, victim of, of this murder, I, I hope the, the people, 
her family members, they get on TV and they point blank blame uh, Eric Adams, blame every single Democrat that's in control of New York because of their pro-crime public policies that put their beloved um, fellow man, fellow uh, member into the grave. Because you people in New York are really out of your mind. Yeah, and what, yeah, you know, are. Michael, you and Michael, you know, Michael, we feel sorry for you. Michael, you bring up a great point because, um, in terms of the revolving door, because I don't look, obviously this guy is to blame. Um, but anybody who saw it's that this guy was nuts. Blame. Well, well, and I, listen, there, there is a lot of, I agree with you. There's a lot of the blame to go around. Are to blame. They know what they voted for and they got what they voted for. Now we got, remember that other woman who was at JFK just going to work? Yes. And she lost her right eye. In Queens, by the way, in Queens too, Michael, in Queens too. Go ahead. I have to say this to that lady. If you voted Democrat, if you voted for Eric Adams, if you vote for, if you're going to vote for Kathy Holchel, you're, you're getting what you deserve. Well, Michael, that, hang on one second. Although, by the way, I don't, I don't think anybody, I would hope not, didn't expect this revolving door. I don't think, obviously, the woman, I hope you're not saying that the woman in Queens, if she voted for a Democrat, deserved to be beaten. I just want to make sure that that's not where you're going, because that is not fair. I'm not saying she deserved to be beaten, but she unfortunately got what she voted for. You cannot trust these Democrats. They've proven it during the riots. They were pro-riot. De Blasio, every Democrat in New York was defending the riots, the, the, the burning of the bills. I mean, you should, they should, the voters of New York should took that into account before they went into the voting booth saying, wait, these Democrats are pretty pro-crime. They allowed the fires, the, the, the businesses get destroyed in New York City, the, the millions or billions of dollars worth of damage that happened in New York City you know, during the George Floyd riots. They, they allowed it. These Democrats, they, they even encouraged it. But, you know, if you're a voter in New York, knowing that, and you still vote a Democrat, unfortunately, if you have a crime victim in your family or yourself, you got what you voted for. Because this is what you voted for. I, I don't, I don't well, get that. And, and two things, Michael. First off, obviously, I do think um, that people will hopefully be thinking twice when they go to the voting booth now because crime is so bad. I don't think anybody, obviously, got what they deserved in the sense I hear I, from a from a philosophy standpoint, but you certainly don't want to say, gosh, they deserve to get beaten. I don't think anybody anticipated. You never imagined that it would get so pervasive. I would hope that nobody would want that. Um, but I do think, to your point, that their eyes have been opened, their ears have been opened, and you're right, if they go to the voting booth, I'm not saying they get what they deserve, but I do hope that this has been eye-opening in the sense that they go there and they think twice now when they go to the voting booth. You know, it's interesting, um, you're also reminding me, because Alvin Bragg, for example, the DA, when he was campaigning, he was out there campaigning and basically saying, hey, I'm going to lower the offenses. You know, I'm going to make things different, you know, a lower standard, basically a criminal justice reform. I'm going to do all these things. And he's basically delivering on his campaign promise. Um, but you know what's interesting, Michael? I think a lot of people, when they go to the voting booth, don't necessarily realize the repercussions um, and maybe some people don't realize until it hits their community. And unfortunately, almost every community in New York and across the country has now been affected by massive crime. And I think in part by the soft on crime policies, as you're talking about. So it may be a very different uh, perspective when people go into the voting booth this November. But a lot of times people go in and they see a name or they just kind of go down ballot and they check people and they don't really do all the research necessarily. 
Um, but I think some of the message is from a political standpoint that if people say they want to defund the police or people say they want to basically kind of go soft on criminals, believe them because they're delivering on their promise. And I agree with you that it is a danger so much to society. And this, this booklet is just nuts. I mean, this to me is like in this climate, that you have these people who are two council members, one councilwoman, one assemblyman. Are you kidding me? Going around putting a public safety guide out saying, ah, could you stop? No, that's not okay by some crazy deranged person. Like you want to even have some verbal contact. If somebody is nuts, you know, think about what's happened in the last two days. And this is what's so heartbreaking. And I think that's why these cases just hit at the core of so many Americans, not just New York, but across the country. The case of this woman who was the airport worker, she was ignoring the guy who was bothering her on the train. People said that he was trying to, like, kind of talk to her. She just kind of ignored him, didn't say anything. Then he suddenly comes out of nowhere and pounds her. You see the video. It's just horrific, right? And then in this case, the woman's just walking down the street going to get lunch. Again, unprovoked. You know, I I mean, it's like you don't want to have any contact. And this guide is now saying, oh, you're supposed to go talk to them like as if that's going to help anything. That's going to like create even more issues. It's bad enough if you don't talk to them. Imagine if you do talk to them. I mean, this is like not only loony, it's downright dangerous. And these people who have this defund the police like a moment at this moment, I I hear your anger and I hear your frustration. I am so angry and I'm so heartbroken because I love our EMT workers out there and their job is tough enough. And now they got to worry about some loony coming out of nowhere, you know, trying to stab them. It is really insane. Uh, Michael, thank you very much. Um, Let's go to Carol, Um, Carol, New Jersey. Your thoughts, Carol. Well, here's my thoughts, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. My heart goes out to the EMT worker who lost her life and to her family. Uh, I'm a registered nurse here in New Jersey, and we have a PES, which is a psych emergency service. Um, And it's just a constant rotating door. It's the same players all the time. They're just time bombs waiting to go off. Um, And the thing is, they have their rights, quote, unquote, uh, if they're not of harm, if we can't prove they're of harm to themselves or anyone else, we got to let them go back out the door. How many times the police officers bring them in because they're creating a ruckus in the apartment building or elsewhere, and they're, they're out the door before the police finish their paperwork and before we finish ours. Uh, our hands are tied, and they've closed so many facilities where these people really belong, where they'll be getting their medication and getting the care they need, but there's not a whole lot out there available. They put them away for a week or two, and they're back out on the streets not taking their medication. It, something's got to be done. Exactly what, I don't know, but I'm seeing it all the time, and it's getting worse and worse. You know, Carol, you hit some great points because of your background as a nurse uh, dealing with these I was reading some number that it was like 500,000 at one point were institutionalized, like a major number um, in the United States. And now it is somewhere like I think it's in like the 30 or 40 thousands. You would probably know the number, but there's a staggering difference. And just like you said, there needs to be a place, A, that they can get help um, and B, certainly that society can be protected from them. Um, I want to also get your reaction, Carol, to this, too, um, because. 
this guide, it, it's really disturbing to me that there's these members that are these defund the ultra hardcore left in New York City. And this comes after the beatdown of that woman, uh, you know, at the airport. Remember, she was getting, going to work at the airport. It's at the Queen subway station. Now here's this guide where these folks, two very defund the police promoting uh, New York members, legislators, basically saying um, that you should go and approach the person. Uh, you know, if they're uh, causing harm, go over to them and say, stop, this is not okay. I mean, as someone who deals with these kind of people, uh, don't you think that's the last thing you should be doing is trying to be engaging with them, especially if you're not a professional? My goodness. Go ahead, Carol. Absolutely, because... Uh, there are de- de-escalation techniques and whatnot, but when someone's in a state like that, there's no de-escalating them. They need to basically be put in restraints and uh, and medicated, you know, because there's nothing you're going to say that's going to stop them because you don't know what's going on in their mind, what they're seeing, um, you know. <laughs> It's just plain insanity. Uh, We need to be able to have a police response so they can take them down, get them into an ambulance uh, with the EMTs and get them to a hospital where at least we can try to get them help and at least calm the situation for the time being. But to approach someone that's in a state like that, you may wind up a victim yourself. Absolutely. No, very smart advice. Carol, thank you very much. I'm really glad you called in, especially with your great medical background. Thank you. And thank you for all you do, obviously, uh, trying to help uh, this situation and dealing with those um, who are mentally ill. It's it's uh, it's yeoman's work. So thank you very, very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, uh, they're saying these defund the police people don't call 911, call 311. And they were releasing this guide in the area there where this loony kazuni who killed the EMT worker. Uh, I mean, don't these people get it? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Little disco on a Friday night. We need some uh, some beat, a little bit of cheeriness, because it's been crazy out there in major cities across this country. And uh, by the way, in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to talk about a solution uh, that Mayor Eric Adams has for the migrants. It's not enough that he's thinking, of course, creating this tent city that he's doing. Um, and probably there will be many tent cities, I bet. Uh, going up. But now he's in talks with the cruise line to put them on a luxury cruise ship. I mean, we were just talking to Carol, who was just talking about American citizens and others, uh, that there's not enough, like, you know, help for those who are having mental illness, help for homeless people. What about our homeless veterans? Uh, and now I'd love to be staying on a cruise ship with food and health and room service and all that, that's not a bad place to be. And that's where some of the migrants coming to New York will likely end up, and we're talking about the illegal ones who cross the border. So we're going to talk about that and get your reaction to all of that coming up. And by the way, these tent cities that a lot of people are taking issue with, guess what? A lot of the liberals are taking issue with the fact saying they're not nice enough. 
that there needs to be better standards for the migrants, that a tent city is not fair for them. And maybe that's part of the reason that he's putting them up in the luxury hotels or the luxury cruise ships. Why not put them up? Why not send them to the Eiffel Tower to Paris for champagne for a week? We haven't done that yet. Wow. Boy, think about all the help right now in this economy. And they're getting like, uh, what, lobster and champagne? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we are talking about this horrible case of this heroic EMT worker, FDNY, who was heralded today outside her station after she was just brutally stabbed to death in the middle of the day in Queens, New York. It is so horrible. And yet the liberal politicians in the area, a number of them came out a few days earlier and were telling business owners, dial 311 if you see mentally deranged people and talk to them in this guide. It basically says, just tell them it's not okay. Stop. Please don't act this way. Please don't try to attack me. Please don't do this. Are you kidding me? As we just heard from Carol, these people are deranged. You should not approach them. They should be locked up. Not just for themselves, but for everybody else, because crime is so bad and so horrific. And this incredible hero uh, of New York and of this country, because she helped in the rescue efforts also after 9-11, going to the World Trade Center, um, was now suddenly brutally killed as a result of a deranged man who people in the neighborhood said, oh, yeah, that guy was nuts. 1-800-848-9222. Um, let's go to Pete. On Staten Island, Line 8. Pete, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Unfortunate what happened to that EMT. It's tragic. Uh, It's so heartbreaking. It's not safe anywhere. Forget about it. And, uh, you know, this tent city he's putting up between um, the bridge and uh, City Island, you know, it's basically a real bad flood zone there. They know it. Uh, We got hurricane season now. That will definitely get flooded out. But by, by the way, Pete, too, Pete, yeah. you know, um, uh, Staten Island is uh, where the word is where this cruise ship may be docked. Did, I don't know if you heard oh, yeah, this. That's yeah, I heard it. And, uh, you know, what am I going to tell you? It's horrible. These people, you know, they're feeding them now. When they stop feeding them, how are they going to survive? They're going to come at survival of the fittest. And uh, believe me, they're going to people going to be breaking into people's houses and Going in their refrigerators, this is going to be a war state. We're going to have to protect ourselves. We're going to have to grow, show some guts and be like Donald Trump and stand up. This is not right. This is not right. My father, your father, matter of fact, I am in December. What I do is I don't exchange gifts with my family anymore. I make donations. I'm going to make a donation to the tower and uh, towers. Tunnels uh, to towers. towers. Tunnels in to your, towers. In your dad's name and my father's name. Because oh, thank they you. Were the people who made America. My father was in the army. He was old to be in. He was actually 32. And they kept telling him, he says, I'm not supposed to be here. I got a son at home. By the way, Pete, said, Pete, thank yeah. you. By the way, uh, first no. of all, thank you for, for your service. Thank you for your father's service. And, and by the way, that, that makes me very emotional. The fact that you would uh, make a donation in my dad's name and your dad's name. Um, you know, and by the way, everybody, um, Pete's talking because I, I was a part of the tunnels to towers walk, uh, that took place. Just last weekend, and those guys support EMTs. And you think Stephen Siller 
you know, uh, Frank Siller is the one who runs the organization. Stephen Siller was an FDNY firefighter running towards the Twin Towers who lost his life on 9-11. And it is a great, great organization. Pete, thank you. You are the best. And thank you for sharing the story about your dad. When we come back, more about the EMT and also the migrants on a cruise ship. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Well, many liberals are going crazy about the tent city. They're not upset that thousands upon thousands of migrants are being housed in New York City. They're not upset that, you know, they're in hotels or luxury locations. Uh, they're not upset about that. They actually feel that more needs to be done to help them. They're not critical of President Biden and his open border policy. They're saying New York City isn't doing enough. And in fact, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez taking aim basically at Mayor Adams, uh, the fact that he is setting up this migrant tent, as we know, basically saying there's got to be something better. There's got to be a better solution. Don't do a tent city. They need to basically have what, uh, five star accommodations? I mean, this is just nuts. This is so crazy. And Mayor Eric Adams, by the way, also saying that the tent city is just temporary. It's just going to be for a few days and then we're going to process them and move them on somewhere else. I just want to make a bet right now that I bet you there are going to be so many tent cities and so many locations like this because they just keep on coming to New York. Because clearly, Texas and Florida are getting the attention of New York and D.C. and Chicago with all of these migrants coming in. We saw in Cape Cod, remember, they put them up, what what was it, like a 36 hours, and then they moved them out to an Air Force base because they didn't want to have anything to do with them. That was terrible. They claimed to be a sanctuary city. Well, Eric Adams is saying, you know what, yeah, we are a sanctuary city and we're going to take care of them. And he says it's not necessarily about the tent city that there's we're going to find the right accommodations. He's even talking to a cruise line right now, negotiating essentially to have a cruise line docked in Staten Island, uh, basically housing many, many migrants. And there will be many, many more. Take a listen to New York City Mayor Eric Adams talking about what he feels needs to be done, not close the border, But what else can we do for them? You know, let's be clear. This is not something that's going to be done long term. This is not a shelter issue. This is a humanitarian refugee migrant crisis. And they continue to take swipes at Texas and also Florida. This is what the Commissioner of Migrant Affairs, Manuel Castro, said at a hearing today where he took a swipe at Texas Governor Abbott. Hundreds of people are arriving every day. These individuals range from single adults to families and children. Many have been in the U.S. for only a couple of days before being bused from the border to New York City. But unlike previous groups of migrants and asylum seekers, those arriving now are less likely to have a friend, family member, or sponsor contact with whom to reside. 
they are arriving to New York City with little more than the clothes on their back. In response, New York City has launched a multi-agency effort to address this unprecedented humanitarian emergency. Unlike the governors of Texas and Arizona, we have welcomed asylum seekers with humanity, showing them the respect they deserve. It is such a mess that they refuse to say anything about President Biden and his open-door policy, the fact that that border is one big leaky sieve, and also they are not even saying a word about any of those in-the-middle-of-the-night flights. Remember that we're coming for a long time, not a peep. But suddenly a few of them show up on a bus and they go crazy and point the finger at Abbott and DeSantis and others. And some of the swipes, by the way, even this week, uh, a number of the liberal media took swipes, as we know, even at DeSantis saying, how do you feel about people fleeing? That's what's happening at the border. I, I mean, are you kidding me talking about the hurricane? I mean, it's been so unseemly and so disgusting. And yet. They're not saying a word about President Biden. They're like, oh, yeah, the border's secure. President Biden's doing a great job. And we're going to do what we can to house them. And taxpayers will pay for it. And we have to find the right accommodations because a tent is not good enough. So we've got to look at more hotel rooms. We've got to look at this luxury cruise liner. Um, they're looking at everything. And a lot of people are saying, well, the tent is not good enough. I'm thinking, you know. I feel for these people because they obviously came from a very tough situation, but many of them were sleeping under bridges prior to this. They were not getting free health care, free food. They were not getting even a tent for two or three days. It's supposed to be a temporary location. But, you know, all of these things, at what point do we say enough or why isn't this putting pressure on President Biden to say enough on your end? Why are they not at the same time saying, listen, we'll take care of them. We said we're a sanctuary city. You know, I'm saying Eric Adams and others. We're a sanctuary city, but our president, President Biden, has to stop. Because now we're experiencing what places like El Paso and other places are dealing with every single day. Some of them are dealing with it basically right now close to the same amount that El Paso gets like within a week. You know, and they're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, New York City. You know, this enormous city is going crazy. And same with other big cities across this country that are getting them shipped in. Chicago, same thing. You know, and meanwhile, El Paso, they are just bursting through the seams where they are literally sleeping on the sidewalk because they just don't have any house and they don't have any location whatsoever to keep it tight. So when you sit there and you look at it all, it's just it is insane. And Senator Ted Cruz of Texas had this to say about the double standards that are taking place, not only especially regarding Martha's Vineyard, which, by the way, is not a bad place to be dropped off in. And he said, boy, what a double standard and what a bunch of hogwash coming from the left complaining about these migrants but saying nothing to the White House. Why is it that Martha's Vineyard matters so much? because it shows the complete and total hypocrisy of the left. AOC tweeted out, shout out to the people of Martha's Vineyard for demonstrating American values. Well, you know what? I actually ironically agree. They deported them within 24 (laughs) hours. They removed them and sent them to a military base. Great. Can Texas do the same thing? 
the four and a half million people that have come across the southern border, can we do the same thing? Can we send them back? Oh, no, no, no. That's just for rich billionaire leftists who the only time they, they're, they're willing to see an immigrant is if they want someone to mow their damn lawn. Well, listen, it is, uh, it is inhumane. It is barbaric what is happening under Joe Biden. And many of them, indeed, are also dying as they're crossing the border. I mean, there have been these numbers that it's like 800 of them are dying uh, since this president has taken office because of the conditions. They're going through coyotes. They're going through cartels. The cartels are making billions of dollars. So I hear what he's saying in terms of how is that humane? Why not have the remain in Mexico policies? It's just because President Biden wanted anything that wasn't President Trump. And that's what this is all about is like whatever President Trump said, Biden wants to reverse it. Doesn't want to have anything to do with it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we are also continuing to talk about this EMT worker who was stabbed to death in Queens in broad daylight. Heartbreaking. Um, because one of the issues that's happening, by the way, as we're talking about the border, they're not vetting them for crime. They're not checking. They can't check the criminal backgrounds of these people. And crime is exploding across this country. This latest case, of course, the sad woman of Lieutenant Allison Russo Elling, a courageous woman who was an FDNY EMT who got stabbed in the middle of the day just walking down the street having lunch. She's going to buy lunch and some crazy guy comes out and it turns out people in the neighborhood knew the guy was crazy. He used to walk around like a zombie. You know, what are we doing in terms of fighting crime? And yet we're opening the sieve in our streets and you look at the border. They're not regulating. They're not checking. They can check, certainly in their home country. There's no way that they can check. You know, I mean, this is just it is the definition of insanity. And I actually think crime is an enormous issue uh, coming up in the midterm election. By the way, Jen Psaki the uh, former White House press secretary the other day said that she absolutely believes crime is going to be an enormous issue because we all feel it, we all see it, and sadly, uh, so many people are falling victim to it now, and this system is absolutely broken. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to David in Los Angeles. Um, David, uh, go ahead. Oh, boy, Rita, you're making my head explode today with all these problems. So I'm going to stick to the one about the um, assembly person and council that says, don't call 911, call 311 and have a social worker come to mitigate the situation. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's dumb and dangerous and do not do that, people. First of all, let's say you have a domestic violence situation where you got somebody, you know, on meth and drunk and out of control or somebody in a bodega that's, you know, being violent and dangerous. Well, when you call 311, that does not have the same dispatch siren emergency response. It's going to take a long time to get a social worker there through traffic. It's not like a dispatch system where there's cops with their sirens that could show up fast. So it's going to take a long time. Secondly, you're sending an unarmed person, unarmed people, to a potentially dangerous situation where they could have knives and guns. Thirdly, they don't have to listen to these people. There's no restraint. 
There's no, hey, get out of here. Shut up. I'm not listening to you. Boom, boom, boom. If you're willing to stab an EMT worker just out of nowhere, well, imagine if you walk up and provoke the guy. Hey, what's going on over here? I'm a social worker. I want to talk to you. I'm unarmed. Go ahead and stab me to death. So you're putting the people at risk showing up. It's ridiculous. And, boy, the city's in big trouble if that's the direction that they're headed in. Yeah, you're right. You know, it, it is it is insane. And, by the way, I know you're in Los Angeles, David. Same thing in L.A. I mean, L.A. is is loony kazoony, too. you got uh, George Gascon there, who is, like, I think one of the nuttiest DAs in the country. Yeah, and, and as you heard, he's not getting recalled. They didn't have the petitions didn't go through properly. So imagine his emboldened empowerment. Ha, ha. I won. I'm not getting thrown out of office. He can double down and be twice as bad. And the reason I know about this EMT stuff is because they already went through that here in L.A. Now, Rita, let me ask you. So anyway, that is very dangerous. And it's, you know, very dangerous to send out unarmed EPM workers. It is, by the way. And I'm glad you're bringing that up, David, because you're absolutely right that it is just it is such a dangerous situation and to ask them to have a confrontation with somebody who's absolutely crazy is is asking for them, you know, to be in a very uh, dangerous, precarious situation. And I think about it like what was it? Minneapolis, I think it was right after, sadly, after the riots. Remember, with all the stuff that was going on, the city council there said, we're going to change the policy so average citizens can make arrests and basically, you know, do traffic stops and do. Th- Are you kidding me? You know, like, what are you going to have, like, grandma come over and say, um, hi, drug dealer. Um, you know what? Uh, could you put down that Uzi and, you know, could you move your, you know, your uh, fentanyl, and, you know, and, uh, you know, and everything else? And could I talk to you? Stop doing that, young man. Can you imagine that conversation? I mean, and then guess what? That lasted, I think, about five seconds. And suddenly somebody in Minneapolis needed help. And 911 wasn't available because they didn't want the 911 in the city. And then guess what? They changed the policy because they realized, guess what? Law and order does actually work, which to me uh, doesn't take an epiphany, but maybe it does to some of these people. Uh, David, thank you so much. Uh, that is a very powerful point. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Love is a burning thing. And it makes a fiery ring. I thought it was mariachi music, but it's good old Johnny Cash. Ring of Fire. Boy, hey, I think we need to play it. There it is. You can't miss that. Folsom Prison. Remember when he did the whole show in Folsom? Wow. You can never go wrong with Johnny Cash. Well, by the way, we can never go wrong with any of you guys calling into the show here on the Rita Cosby Show. I love always taking all of your calls, as you know, because I always feel like it is a big, old, great town hall. And for me... I think one of my favorite parts always is always hearing your different opinions. And so we have just started, as you know, in the last week or two, a brand new segment. It is called Rita's Ringers, where we play some of our favorite calls from the week. So what I would love for you guys to do is keep those calls coming. 
throughout the week and find out if you make it to Rita's Ringers. Here is this week's Rita's Ringers Special Edition. I miss your shows. I'm hurt. When I don't hear from you, I'm hurting too, Phil. Rita, always a pleasure, and every time I talk to you, I just feel good. If you were a betting girl, which you may be. Sid, I bet every day I put you on the show. This is Rita's Ringers. Hello, Rita. How are you? My sister, my Polish Danish sister, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well, my friend. You always say I love when you call it the border. The only thing that's secure, is secure right now, Rita, is my front door. I locked it. My sister in Manhattan moved because they couldn't take it anymore. They had to get out of Manhattan. Wow. And I want to ask you, what do you think about this, Rita? I call it bizarre world. Yeah, this I do, bizarre. too. I am glued to the radio. First of all, I look forward to you coming on every night. I listen every night. But with John Caspertides, with this interview, I couldn't think of a you know better person to, to do the interview and you to do the experts. I am listening. I am glued to the t- radio. I have backup radios in case one goes dead. I've got another one. i got a backup phone. Renee's going, I'm crazy. i got my feet soaking in ice water because I don't want to fall asleep and I haven't been to bed in about 24 hours. So but, we're keeping you up oh, because no, it's I'm, the I'm Trump interview, it. Pete. Right. i got to put two clips in my eyes to keep me awake for sure. No, I mean, I love it. I have been listening to you for quite a while, and tonight you've said so many things. I almost don't know which one to address. I'm a former European immigrant, and I'm an American citizen now, and I'm very proud of my country, except for where we're at right now. I'm almost horrified and and saddened at all the things I'm seeing. Part of it with the whole flow over the border, back when my family came and we brought over some of my relatives, you had to sponsor anyone we brought here to visit. We had to sign documents that we would support them, that they would not be eligible for public aid or assistance. But, you know, these days... Even if you come in illegally, you can apply for WIC. You can apply for all these services. By the way, you you are hitting it right on the head, Manuela. Rita's Ringers. And everybody, keep those calls coming and see if you make it to Rita's Ringers, which we're going to be playing every Friday night here on the Rita Cosby Show. We get so many great calls. It is hard to choose, but we love hearing from all of you. Meantime, we are continuing to talk, of course, about crime in America and the fact that this EMT worker sadly stabbed to death in New York. And this comes after another woman brutally attacked uh, who may lose her eye uh, when she was beaten to death. Just these horrible, violent crimes as violent crimes are skyrocketing across the country. And it looks like progressives, the best thing that they suggest is go over and talk to the person and say, could you stop with your behavior? That's not nice. Um, You know, how are you doing? Can I help you? Just what you want to do is be talking to somebody who is a loony kazoony. Uh, and they're suggesting you call 311. You just heard David, who was just going crazy about it. And I agree with you, David. Call 311 as opposed to 911. First of all, don't engage with the loony kazuni. And second of all, call 911 right away. And if you're a family member and you've got someone who is troubled, like the guy who stabbed this poor woman to death, just unprovoked in broad daylight, you should be doing something. Sometimes the writing is clearly on the wall. And so many times families don't do enough. Neighbors don't do enough. And guess what? Things are so crazy these days, we have to all look out for each other. And I'm sorry, if you have problems, you know what? Get help. 
but also help society. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jean. Line four. Jean, your thoughts. Oh, hi, Rita. Um, I'm just blown away today uh, by the news and about the EMT worker. Honestly, I don't watch a lot of news on TV at all. Maybe a little bit at night, but... What do you think, Jean? Just because we have a few seconds, I want to make sure I get to you. Well, I just was honestly heartbroken and crying because, like, this this can't go on. And, um, you know, I just come from a law enforcement family. Um, you know, my daughter's dating a brand-new recruit into the EMT, um, FDNY, you know, just brand-new, six months out, and... Well, and I just want to tell you, too, our thoughts and prayers are with all of them. They are heroes, and your family, obviously a family of heroes. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Gainesville, Georgia, which got a lot of rain in the last few hours because of Hurricane Ian. Well, Congressman Andrew Clyde recently recognized a World War II veteran there after he was honored by a Northeast Georgia veterans group. Northeast Georgian veterans held a recognition ceremony last month for World War II veteran Matt McGowan, who courageously joined the Marines in 1943. McGowan bravely served this great nation for 28 years, including as a chaplain for the U.S. Army. And through the program, McGowan was presented with a challenge coin, a lapel pin, and an Army blanket handmade by volunteers. The congressman further said, I would like to honor Dr. McGowan's selfless service, as well as thank our local veteran volunteers for recognizing his service in the defense of our precious freedoms. Uh, the Hospice Center of Northeast Georgia Medical Center has served Northeast Georgian communities for over 30 years. That is where McGowan is now. Um, and they play a significant role in helping uh, different volunteer organizations and recognizing especially the great veterans in the community like Matt McGowan. And how beautiful this story is, because it's important not only to recognize them while they're in service, but, of course, many years later as well. Well, we are talking, of course, about just the danger that is happening on the southern border, also the danger in our U.S. cities, uh, both about security, law and order. And recently, this raised my ire. Um, because I was listening and watching this conference. It was basically where President Barack Obama was speaking. And he was speaking to, it was the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. And he was asked about the border and what's going on at the border. And this is what the former president had to say. He basically said, right now, the biggest fuel behind the Republican agenda is related to immigration and the fear that somehow America's character is going to be changed if people of darker shades There are too many of them here. So basically saying that Republicans who are concerned about border security are racist. It it was just such an unseemly comment. And it's like if you crack down and say we want border security, well, then you're not being kind to Hispanics, according to Barack Obama. Well, Ted Cruz, of course, the Texas senator, 
shot back. This is what he had to say in response to that remark from Barack Obama. I know the Democrats have one card in their entire deck, and it's the race card, and they scream racist, racist, racist. But you know what, President Obama, you know what, President Biden, you know what's racist? When Joe Biden sits by and lets four and a half million people cross into this country illegally and he doesn't care. You know what's racist? When Joe Biden can't be bothered to go down to the border and see the little girls and little boys being sexually assaulted by international cartels. You know what's racist? When Joe Biden doesn't care about the Hispanic women being raped by the cartels. You know what's racist? When Biden doesn't care about the dead bodies that the cartels leave on Texas farms and ranches across the southern border. You know what's racist? That Biden will do nothing to stop the 100,000 fentanyl overdoses that happened last year. That is grotesque. And you know what's racist? When all the lily white folks on Martha's Vineyard sit back and say, no, 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 we don't want any illegal immigrants here. Send them to South Texas. They can deal with it. That is grotesque. It's offensive. And even to this day, Joe Biden doesn't give a damn. Wow. Ted Cruz was on fire there. And, of course, he is talking about protecting America's borders and, you know, talking about the hapless policy of this president on our borders right now. It is wide open. I mean, it is wide open and we're not vetting people. I mean, it's just to me, it is just the definition of insanity. And it's why things are just people are on edge right now. They're nervous. There are so many things going on at our southern border. And then case in point, what's been happening also overseas, I think I would be remiss not to mention and talk about briefly what's been going on in the last like few hours overseas, particularly as we see what's happened with Russia. Russia, quote, annexing certain property over there in Ukraine, basically a third of Ukraine saying, hey, it's now part of Russia. Uh, what is this president going to do? Does this president he can't even close our borders? Do you think he's going to be any, able to do anything? About Russia and Ukraine? I mean, what a mess we're in. This is a really, really dangerous time. And boy, does this just escalate and up the ante. Because Russia, with a sort of sham referendum vote, claiming that, oh, now this is part of Russian territory. Of course, Ukraine is saying, no way in heck. Uh, and this is what President Biden had to say. This is his message to Vladimir Putin. Tell me if you think Vladimir Putin's going to be worried about Biden after this one. I want to say this again. America is fully prepared with our NATO allies to defend every single inch of NATO territory. Every single inch. So, Mr. Putin, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Every inch. Every inch. He can't even defend America's southern border. And he's now the guy who's dealing with Vladimir Putin, basically telling him to back off. You know, after what happened with Vladimir Putin, one of the worst players in the world, and he's the guy who's negotiating right now. A lot of people say, gosh, if President Trump had been in office, Putin may not have even entered at all. And he was basically saying that earlier this week. In fact, on Cats at Night, during his interview, President Trump was saying that, that he doesn't think that Putin would have entered because he wouldn't have dared. And they also had a rapport where he would have said, uh-oh. Don't you dare touch that land as opposed to come on in if it's a minor incursion. There are so many issues right now. Our southern borders wide open. And now Putin has basically claimed a major, major swath of Ukraine. This is a really troubling development. 
Um, so every week, by the way, we do this wonderful podcast, which I think is deeply important. It is called Protecting America, because all of these things are tied to what happens in our country and keeping us safe. And this week on Protecting America, my guest was Tony Schaefer, retired Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. He's president of the London Center for Policy Research. He's also a former President Trump national security advisor. And we talked particularly about this troubling development of property being annexed by Russia. And this is what he had to say. It was really interesting. Um, and I just want to give you a glimpse because you got to listen to this whole podcast. We just put it up. It's called, again, Protecting America. And make sure that you get it wherever you download your podcasts, um, wherever you basically look at podcasts and download. It's on all the different, you know, podcast stores. So make sure you go there. Uh, this is a blockbuster. And he was so insightful because he's a former Intel officer. And he said there's a couple reasons why Vladimir Putin wanted to annex these properties in Ukraine, not just because he wanted to, like, you know, be the uh, dictator that he is, but also there is oil there. Take a listen. It's amazing to see where things are headed in Russia. First of all, your thoughts about the idea of annexation, of what Putin is doing. It is stunning. I think it's interesting from the perspective of, What's at stake? And one of the things which I always try to give people context is, why is Putin doing this just to begin with? Well, it's all about resources. It's all about energy. And as much as I think we see folks in the West attempting to do things which are completely undermining the benefits of just citizens being able to travel and have vehicles available, Putin is trying to get control of some of the most lucrative potential oil fields that exist within that part of the world. That is to say that Luansk and all those other areas he's getting control of, it's all about the oil. That's what's going on. That's why he's fighting so hard to do this. So it's not just about occupying land and reinsinuating what Putin thinks should be the Soviet empire. I mean, that he has stated that clearly over and over. He was asked once, what the greatest tragedy of the 20th, 20th century was, and he said the fall of the Soviet Union. So there's a clue. So it's not simply about trying to do what he set out to do, which is establish this new empire. It's about resources. And to listen to the rest of it, you got to download the podcast. It's called Protecting America. And we just put it up a couple hours ago. It is such a fascinating interview. I learned so much. Uh, I think you will, too, because Tony Schaefer is one of the best of the best. And, boy, it is such a dangerous, precarious situation with what's happening there in Ukraine now with this big development. What will U.S. do? What will the rest of NATO do? Um, and, of course, Ukraine now rushing to try to get to be part of NATO and Putin uh, recruiting hundreds of thousands of people within Russia, uh, able-bodied men to go and fight. Uh, so this is getting really, really scary now, and it's really important. So anyway, take a listen to that great podcast, again, Protecting America, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. We are talking, of course, about crime in America, border, and so much more. Let's go to Yvette. Uh, line six, Yvette, your thoughts. Yes. Everyone is blaming the Democrats. Where there's smoke, there's fire. The fire was Donald Trump. He started the precedent of letting people know, people of color, uh, LGBT, how little their lives meant. 
So we say, hey, if How did, wait, wait, wait. How do they do that? Hang on a second. What? Yvette, Yvette, um, and, and I don't like anybody belittling anybody, but, but let me just ask you, how, how did he do that? Because he actually increased the quality of life. I mean, if you look, uh, the African Americans were earning more under Trump. So were Hispanics. Uh, you know, that, that's a fact. Go ahead. Say what? So they throw a few people a bone and tell others they can't have medical care? So now the crazies aren't in the black area. They're coming. It's not black on black crime because then it's no problem. They're coming in other areas and assaulting people that actually have jobs, work, dreams, hopes. Nobody else matters. They tore that White House down, and people are thinking he's in a position to run for president. He should be in jail. He's a criminal. Let me let me ask you one quick question. Hang on one second. I'm 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 letting you speak. Um, I don't agree with you, um, but I'm letting you speak. What did you make of President Biden's recent rhetoric, where he basically said, um, you know, uh, if you're a supporter or if you're a Republican, essentially, you're a threat to democracy. I mean, and and what did you make of the riots that were taking place? I don't want to get into like, you know, any of the black white issues or anything like that. Just the issue of people who were burning because there were every, there were so many different people that were out there during those riots and protests. There were peaceful protesters that were, I think, out there for noble missions. Um, and, and that I think, you know, the idea, like when there were a lot of people that first went out there with great intentions to talk about equal rights and things like that. But there were a lot of ne'er-do-wells that were out there, too, that were raking havoc and attacking police officers. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Because on the flip side, the Democrats never really condemned that. In fact, Kamala Harris was, you know, bailing them out. I don't think that that helps society, anybody, you know, black, white, anybody. Go ahead, Yvette. Well, okay, what I will say is the issue is no one's using their brain. They're thinking with testosterone. Eric Adams, although, and I didn't vote for him, and I am a Democrat. I wasn't going to waste the coffee. Um, he's clearly on a slow boat going nowhere. He can't admit, I may have done the wrong thing. Perhaps we should rethink what we're doing with immigrants. I think it's ridiculous, it's harmful, and it's unwarranted. We still have people in this country that don't eat on a consistent basis. We still have people in jail accidentally that can't get regular um Right, regular uh, care. No, no. And by the way, I by the way, I hear you a bit because I, I that part I will agree with. That, you know, we need to take care of American citizens. And obviously, if somebody's wrongfully accused, they shouldn't be behind bars. I 1000% agree. I applaud the Innocent Project. Remember, that's an amazing group that gets people out, um, that are innocently, uh, convicted, you know, that should not have been. Um, and DNA often exonerates them or other things. I also believe we got to take care of our homeless vets. I mean, there are so many people that I think need help. First, I'm all for helping as many people as you can, but it's got to be done organized-wise, and they also have to be vetted. And that's why, even though you don't like Donald Trump, the one thing he was doing was he had remained in Mexico, which is where on the other side of the border they were screening people, and they were genuinely making sure that they had, to the best of their ability, vetting them and making sure that, indeed, they had legitimate asylum claims. Uh, and then... If so, then they would come to the country and go through the legal process. 
So I, I think uh, there's a more of an education that you got to learn on that one. But I always love everybody's calls. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Richard, line one. Richard, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I would like to say first, uh, foremost, uh, that my condolences uh, to the woman that lost her life, the lieutenant. It's a tragedy. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. It it could have been prevented. It could have been prevented. I, I believe that there's a lot of people that are thinking the wrong way. And I just want to speak on the um, the homeless, and I want to speak on the people that have mental issues. And, um, they, you know, there's people that have these mental issues, and we're all human beings, regardless of what party we are, regardless of the color of our skin. We tend to be humanistic and say, you know, we show compassion. Well, Yvette thinks, by the way, or the last caller thinks that everything is Trump, 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 Trump. No, you know, that's that's I, I don't even listen to that because I didn't I don't even want to talk and I'm not even going to give her the time of day on the air. I'm on the air. I'm going to say what I have to say. This is what uh, with this man that did that to her. OK, there are people out there that really need help. When I say this, I mean this. But then there's people out there that why is this man living in an apartment? Who's co-sponsoring him? What kind of med- medical record does he have? Because every time I hear on the radio, some lunatic, 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 lunatic. Listen, I'm going to tell you a little dirty secret, okay? There are people that go and do time upstate New York, and I know this through corrections department, okay? That people who go there and they do their time, they take medications, because they act loony, 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 and what happens is they make a record. And when they keep that record, it goes on consistently. So when they take the pills, they don't take them. They put them underneath their tongue, and then they spit them out because it's found in the sewage system, okay, of the correction. So what they're, your point is, Richard, real quick, is your point that what they fake it? You mean so they can say that they're mentally ill versus obviously, uh, you know, uh, solely criminal uh, sanity. By the way, and I'm going to make the case on this particular guy too, Richard. Another interesting point. This guy, after he did the stabbing, um, he then went and hid. He barricaded himself in an apartment. So he went and barricaded himself. That to me, in a way, is not really insane. He clearly knew what he did was wrong. And then he went and ran and hid, had a standoff, you know, uh, essentially with authorities, finally turned himself in. Um, you know, they got him. Uh, but clearly, just like you said, this about, in this case, though, this guy was clearly nutty. Um, there's no doubt in my mind about this. Like, you know, it, it sounds like from everybody's account that he was walking around like a loony kazoony. Um, and I want to know where you just started with the call, Richard, too. Who was living with him? Who else knew that this guy, you know, because how was he able to function? It looks like he barely could walk down the street. Looked like he was like so obviously uh, a nutty guy. So somebody probably either was sponsoring him or a family member or, you know, I that's what I want to know that because they had a responsibility to report this. You know, they surely, surely saw something in his behavior because the average person saw that the guy was nuts. And that was just the deli worker who used to see him walk by all the time. So you can bet a family member or somebody else had to have seen something else. And second of all, I'm not sure he's insane. You know, if he knew enough to suddenly, 
you know, I hate when I see these people. There are genuinely people who need help. There is one one thousand percent. I don't want to dispute that. But then there's a lot of people that commit these crimes and then they run and hide. Or how about the guy on the train? Remember, who changed his disguise right away? He was smart enough, sane enough to change his disguise, bring outfits. Remember, he brought an outfit like he was a construction worker. Remember that whole thing? And then he changed. He was able to escape. I mean, that's a pretty crafty person. Suddenly, what? He uh, became insane just for that brief moment, but then he was on the run. You know, I mean, there's all these things where I think sometimes people just use that. They're clearly nuts, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't be behind bars for the rest of their lives. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. By the way, everybody, if you are in New York on Sunday, the big Polish parade takes place on Fifth Avenue. And all of you know that I am very proud to be Polish. My father, of course, from the Warsaw area, from the Warsaw Uprising. And even though it's raining, the Poles will be out there, rain or shine. It's one of the longest parades, by the way, in America. A huge Polish population, of course, are in New York and also across this country. But it's beautiful to see. So if you're in the area, make sure you come on out. Um, it'll be around like 1230 or so on Sunday, uh, Fifth Avenue. You're going to see a sea of white and red. Um, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful display of Polish pride. The Poles are just so great. They are so patriotic. I'm so proud of my Polish heritage. Um, and you'll just meet some of the greatest, greatest folks you will ever meet. It's going to be an amazing day. So come on out to the Pulaski Parade this Sunday to the great, great Polish parade. You will not want to miss it. It's really, really special. And everybody, what are your thoughts, too, as we are talking and heading into the weekend? Uh, another crazy weekend, uh, sadly, taking place with crime and so many issues on the horizon. Um, real quick, let me go to Tony. Uh, Tony Line eight. Tony, your thoughts? Hi, Rita. I totally agree with you. And I think we do have a mental health problem in this country. I, I, I agree, but not all crime is mental health. What we're missing is sort of a, a covering of what we used to think our government did to sort of have standards, make decisions, see who's, but what I'm finding is in this country, even when we're looking at our leaders, like our president, there seems to be this, consistent, deliberate patterns to ignore everything. And and for people who would make the decision, are you a criminal who just likes to do crime but you're not crazy? And No, you're right. No, but and you know what, Tony, you're right. You're right. They they just kinda let it go. Just like the border, they let it go. And that is a very, very dangerous situation. Everybody have a great, safe weekend, and I'll talk to you Monday. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.